What's up, everybody? It's your old friend, John Middlecoff. I'm here to tell you about our friends at Game Time. Here's what I need you to do. Go to your smartphone, download a little app called Game Time. Baseball season's in full swing. Oracle Park. Been there a million times. Never doesn't live up to the hype. Go get yourself some garlic fries, a brewski, maybe uh, some ice cream. They have very good Ghirardelli ice cream there. And when you do that, promo code HAM. So download the Game Time app. Your first pair of tickets, promo code HAM, H-A-M, save $20. The A's, only going to be in the Bay Area for the rest of this season. You probably can basically go for free. Just buy a pair of tickets to any baseball game. They also have comedy shows if you want to check one of those out, or concerts. Game Time app, promo code HAM, save yourself $20. We don't even need to thank you. Just hammer that promo code. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Middle call! Baby Hames! Recording this on a Tuesday afternoon. Super Bowl feel any different to you today? Uh, yeah, uh, no. Still, it doesn't uh, feel worse? See, I, it, feel, it feels a little worse to me today. It did yeah, Monday. I, I, I would lean that way, too. It, it feels... It's a devastating loss. Like, it, it was a devastating loss at the time, but then you just realize as the day goes by, like, football's over. You, even though you know it, like, when we talked about it, that was the Super Bowl. But then you really start sinking in when you start reading, like, the combines right around. The, like, it's over. That's, it's, they lost the Super Bowl. <laughs> like, it's, it's final. Mahomes is in Disney World. We got Travis Kelsey taking ice luges out of the Lombardi Trophy. You got Elon Musk, whose stocks gone up. $700 million. Uh, times are changing, guy. And the 49ers are not Super Bowl champs. No, they're not, John. No, they're not. <laughs> no, they're not. I, 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 there was definitely, listening to uh, listening back to some of our podcasts from post-Super Bowl. Sounds crisp, huh? It sounds really good. <laughs> I mashed Haberman's mic. It's a game changer. Uh, My bad. Over the years. Um, I... Uh, not that we were too positive, but I went to the depths of Twitter, John, over the last couple of days because on Monday I tweeted about the play that will stick with me most from the game, which we talked about on the last podcast, being the third and ten misthrow to Emmanuel Sanders. Kawakami and, came after you. Well, so Kawakami agreed, like he retweeted it, but then we got into it because I said what Kawakami didn't like was I, and I, I'm. I totally agree with him on this, by the way. Like, it wasn't a disagreement in the sense that I said, if he catches it and goes down at the two, that could turn out better for you because you, if you score a touchdown, then you don't give Patrick Mahomes the ball. But, you know, like, it's Twitter, so I don't say if he scores. I just said, like, it could work out better for you if you go down at the two. And Tim's like, I hate these assuming touchdowns, which, of course, I agree with him. There's he nine been, different he, alternate he, he would have been tackled, though, I think. When you no, he would have been. But I think Tim's point is correct. Like, I wasn't saying if Emmanuel Sanders had the choice to score a touchdown or go down at the two, he should go down because you can't assume a touchdown. And, in fact, what it made me start thinking about is it would have been like 
Niners, Seahawks, Kaepernick. You would have had four plays from basically the two-yard line to try and win the Super Bowl. In your perfect scenario. Yeah, in that scenario where he catches it and goes down at the two. And you know what usually happens in that scenario, I think, is you end up on fourth down and goal at the two. I right? do think like, that. But, but I, where yeah, I'd maybe say, the, though, Kyle's got a pretty eclectic playbook. It's true. I, I, it feels like he probably gets in because they don't run a lot of, like, gut runs, you know, that I think a lot of franchises and just – and even Andy, like, a lot of teams just go – they do, like, first and down – First and second down, they usually just go gut, gut, and then it's like, well, fuck, and then you do the fade on third, and then fourth, it's just you pull out your craziest play on the goal line. Remember there was a – remember the Thursday night game with McCaffrey? It was like fourth and one from the goal. It was like the second or third week of the season, and they ran like a crazy option. To the short side of the field, I think. Yeah, and it looked cool, and it was close, but it didn't get in, and you just realize – that's usually the type play that like, oh, you know, and then everyone's getting shit on it, Kyle rarely gets to that situation. So it, it I feels would, like I, I uh, tweeted out a uh, Twitter. What poll if Jimmy on, threw? What if Jimmy Monday. threw a pick? <laughs> I tweeted out a poll on Monday, John, and I said the question was just when did Philly special happen? And it was just end of the second quarter, end of the third quarter, middle of the fourth quarter, end of the fourth quarter. Did you know the answer? I knew the answer. Yeah. Because I went back and watched the drive yesterday. The answer is end of the second quarter, which about sixty percent of people got right. But that play happened on fourth down and goal. And on second down and goal, third and goal, they run like a a line drive kind of front shoulder fade, which doesn't work. Second and goal, they line up in this crazy fucking formation with like a running back off the left tackle and a receiver off right tackle. And it looks kind of like that single wing situation that the Kansas City Chiefs pirouetted out of. Yeah. And then they shift to a normal formation, and then I think they run the ball and they don't get it. But the Philly-Philly was a fourth-down play up by four at the end of a half. It was I, I went back and watched that drive. I'll tweet it out just because of the, the Niners' end of the first-half drive. But they had two minutes when they started that drive. How many timeouts? They, they had three, and, and New England had three. But what happens is they hit a, they get like eight yards on first down out of bounds. Then Foles makes a great throw to Torrey Smith, and he drops the ball. Not a great um, hands guy. And then they have a second down. Something happens. But the big play was like with a minute 15, they third and three to like Corey Coleman, a little dump off, and he takes it all the way down to like whatever, the five-yard line. Um, so not really any timeouts were used. No. See, I, I don't think anyone has a problem with not using timeouts in the flow of a drive. It's when you just concede like they did, right, to let the clock just go to 55. Like, Doug, they just happened. I mean, they got the ball back with two minutes left or whatever. That, that to me, is, and we'll dive into the, the main play of the game, which I, I think is pretty definitive where the game changed. But it was just waving the white flag in that situation in a game where, on the flip side, Andy was really aggressive from the jump. It was like, God, I, and he's playing to win this thing, right? He goes for the fourth down early. He went for another fourth down in the first half. It was just, you know, if I'm going to lose, I'm going to lose swinging. And I, because it was like, Butker's out on the field. And then they called, I think a timeout was called. So then we went to commercial break. And then everyone you follow that's at the games, like, well, they've put the offense back on the field. I'm like, okay, thank God. That's, he's, he said it was one of those, I'm sure, where your first reaction is put the field goal on fourth and one, you know, in the play where Jimmy blasts Mahomes and the ball bat- battles back. 
Once Andy does that to me, I think that factors into the criticism of Kyle waving the white flag at the first half. Like, you're playing a coach that's being really aggressive. You have to match his aggressiveness regardless if it's a 10-10 game because you know he's going to keep his foot on the pedal the whole time. And Kyle, who's usually kind of aggressive, is aggressive, didn't, and it, and it ended up backfiring, clearly. Now, who knows? We, we're just, the process wasn't right. Like, we don't know. If, they might not end up scoring a touchdown. They might go three and out. They might punt. But the point is, you can live with, like, if Andy got stuffed there or Mahomes incompletes a pass on fourth and one or whatever, he would have been a plot. Like, the fans would have been like, fuck yeah, I like it. We're going for it. John, before we uh, really start diving into it, let's tell the people this pride this, this podcast this podcast is brought to you by Ashford University. Start your master's degree today at ashford.edu/ham. Guy, it's convenient, flexible, online bat- bachelor's and master's degrees. We both have bachelor's degrees. I have a match. I have a master's, just a little smarter than Haberman. Uh, also, <laughs> uh, uh, guy Ashford is a six-week-long courses. A they allow you to take Andy w- Reid, yet one course at a time. Being enrolled anytime, anywhere, anyplace, just like uh, where I got my master's. Pat Hill. Being enrolled in one class at a time means you're considered a full-time student. Guy, no standardized test required. I had to take the GRE. It was not easy. I know a lot of people that have MBAs have to take the GMAT. Very difficult. It's not required yet. Ashford is accredited, so uh, it counts, and that's the key. You get an MBA, and a lot of people in their profession, guy, get a little pay bump when you, when you have a graduate degree. Total flexibility. Earn it on your own time, plus up to 90 transfer credits are offered. If you started already but didn't finish, you can carry those over to Ashford University. Start that master's degree today. Do it by enrolling at ashford.edu. That's Ashford. Dot edu start uh, slash ham start your master's degree today ashford dot edu slash ham so monday morning i took the clip of the emmanuel sanders third and ten that we talked a lot about on the last pod and i said is this the play you woke up thinking about if you're a niners fan for me it's the play that that i will most have seared in my mind for the super bowl and as we talked about on sunday it might be that that play reveals itself over time depending on who you are. This is a personal decision. Uh, But by and large, John, heavy wave of people said, no, for me, that's not the play. For me, the play that I'll always carry with me is the conversion to Tyreek Hill on third down at 15. Yeah, and and Mike Shanahan said to Mike Silver that that's when the game changed. I think we were all thinking it, but I think all the football people are saying, and just – every football fan guy, when your team is in third and 15, I, I think the percentage I used on Sunday night was under 10%. You feel it is a massive, massive upset if they get the first down, right? You don't expect when you're calling a game, when you're watching a game, if, the, if one team's in a third and 15, you expect a punt coming up, right? Or a fourth down situation if it's third and 15. You could yeah. argue in, in that situation – because you know it's, you know, I think there was somewhere around six-minute mark. It's They're down 10 points. They're not in field goal range. It wouldn't have been crazy for them to, like, run a screen or, like, a slant to try to gain half the yardage. Would you agree with that? I would. You know, it, it happened There were some lot. people that felt like the Niners should have done that on third and 10. 
when they took the deep shot. To Emmanuel Sanders? Yeah, which I I mean, ultimately they had him open, mm-hmm. but but you're right. Yeah, so they got the third and 15, and at the end of the day, there's a reason. I, I'm a big Animal Planet fan. When there's just nothing on TV, I end up on Animal Planet. Mm-hmm. And Animal Planet, you know, like the Lions or their quarterbacks, they, they ride the Lions <laughs> because the Lions are just – they are killing fucking machines, and there's a. I think it's. It must be easier to get lion video than it is like the wolves. Alligators are in the water, so it's it's a little it's a little more difficult. But you can just go to the prairie and just follow the pack of lions. Lions, you know lions are like that, the Dallas Cowboys too. They just rate. Yeah, they, they, you're just like oh, pack of lions chasing zebras or gazelles. I'm in. You're right. And what do the lions do when they're chasing the gazelles? When they're chasing the water buffaloes, they don't go after the first one. The strongest one. They go after the weak link. They usually go after, the when they go after water buffaloes, they go after their children. When they go after the gazelles, they go on the last one. And when they go after the zebras, they go usually at the smaller one or the kids. Well, Andy Reid, despite getting Sherman once in the final two drives, he wasn't going at him relentlessly. Because why would you? Even if speed is one of his pet pee, you know, one of his weaknesses just to be able to run with their speed, you're going to go after the weakest guy on their defense. And by far, guy, the weak link on their defense, which is a good story. Undrafted free agent. I've tweeted many times. I've said it on this podcast. I think most people agree. One, you don't see that many undrafted free agents that are starting corners on Super Bowl teams. That's not normal. Usually, you have one star corner, and the other guy's like a third or fourth rounder. In theory, that's what the Niners had, right? Akella Weatherspoon, for a long period of time, was a starting corner, third round pick. And he was technically the weak link, but you go, okay, I get, I get it. Well, this guy's better than him, and Andy went after him. And there's two ways to look at it. Andy fooled him. This guy on the Niners side, they would say he blew his assignment. Belichick's... I would say the number one saying in football that gets just casually made fun of on just like by football people is do your job. Right. And that's the thing with football. Yeah, I was, I was watching the game with a female explaining an earlier play in the game. Or it might have been actually on the next series. I, have to, I haven't even rewatched the game. Mahomes ran for a first down. And Aikman goes, look at Eric Armstead. He has outside contain. How often have you talked to coaches before? after games or leading up to a game about a previous play, and they're like, our guy wasn't supposed to do that. Even though when you're watching it, you're like, oh, he almost got him. And sometimes you hear coaches say this all the time. You can't be a hero. You can't do your own thing. You have to make plays in the construct of the call. And when you're playing, I'm not, you know, Belichick when it comes to coverages, but if you're in cover three, what cover three means, you split the field in thirds the left corner has a third the right corner has a third and one of your safeties has a third with your nickel corner usually has an underneath your middle linebacker has the underneath middle and your other linebacker has the other underneath so you have all quadrants covered well Akella Weatherspoon chased Sammy Watkins across the field so when Jimmy Ward broke inside because it looked like the guy was running a post Jimmy Ward goes that's my area I have to protect my blades of grass you don't ask everyone to protect every blade of grass. You expect all 11 guys to protect all, all the blades of grass. But Emmanuel Mosley fucked up. Like, they easily could have run that play. I don't know if you read, like, Peter King's. He had Andy draw the play. <clears throat> and the play is him kind of running the double move. 
and he ran the double move to Emmanuel Mosley's side. They easily could have flipped it and ran. It was like one. It was like twenty three wasp is the play call, mm-hmm. and they ran it to the left for a reason because their weak link, the slowest gazelle for the Niners, who is a great story. I, I I'm a fan of the player, but that's who you'd go after, and the Niners went after him. And who knows? Like even if he was, even if he was there, let's say he hadn't left, maybe Tyree Kill still makes a play on him. But he not he left like he. He, he left the area, right? It's like if, you, if you're if you the slow gazelle, when I watch Animal Planets or the zebra, the, the kid zebra, you run in the middle of the bigger zebras. They protect you. And he left his area and left the Niners team, the game, vulnerable. It, it changed the game, guy. I uh, This is not the intention of uh, having this conversation, but you just make me think as we're talking, a conversation for another time. Um might just be, I'm sure we'll have this conversation in the offseason, we're in it, what the Niners' priorities are. That other cornerback spot, you could argue, given the conversation we're having right now, is at the very near the top of the list. I, but I, here's my defense of, you, you, one. I mean, they like any team, they have needs. Even if you're a great team guy, you're not going to have a perfect team, right? You're not going to mm-hmm. have 22 starters where you go, Borderline, you know, pro bowlers to borderline pro bowlers. Like there are just going to be, there is going to be an Emmanuel Mosley on the 85 Bears. Like the, I'm sure if you broke down their roster and be like, well, our slot wide receiver was shitty. You just, you just can't have the perfect team. I, I agree with what you're saying, but they, you'd go, well, they drafted a Kella Weatherspoon in the third round. Like they did try, they've, they signed Richard Sherman. They've signed guys. I mean, they, you always do that, but not every guy is going to be really good. You're even on a great unit, and the 49ers were a great unit. Top to bottom, all the D-linemen were sweet. Richard was really good. Their safeties were good. Fred Warner was good. Quan, when he's healthy, is really good. Quan, uh, K-1, is a really good player, slot corner. I, I just don't, like, usually that means, well, if you go sign another corner that's better, then you can't afford Jimmy Ward. There's just always a domino guy. I, I, I'm not disputing what you're saying. Like, that. that's going to yeah. be, they're going to go for it, right? Maybe they trade a Kella Weatherspoon. Maybe he needs a, some fresh scenery, and they draft a guy. But like maybe they draft a guy because they franchise tag Eric Armstead and trade him for a second. And they use there's just always a domino effect. You lose one guy, you add another. My overall, point, there's just no perfect team. Well, then, uh, then I think the other thing that I would say then that's the most immediate response is these are what the plays are designed to do, right? This is why in the Super Bowl you're. Playing against Andy Reid, who you tweeted it again on Tuesday morning, his updated record off of bye is what now nineteen and three, six and two in the postseason or something like that. Yeah, it was twenty five and five overall. So that's that's, that's pretty that amazing, his, isn't it? The plays are designed to deceive. The plays are designed to trick. The plays are designed to make you think one thing is happening when something else is happening. And he's a good enough coach, right, to trick the right person, not attack. He's the, the best wrong coach. Side. You didn't get. You didn't. And this is where I go back. Not that this makes anybody feel any better. It's not even about this. But you didn't. You got beat by Andy Reid, and that doesn't. I don't know if that makes anybody feel better or it doesn't help you sleep at night. But you got beat by Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes, and this, like, I I, I don't want to simplify things to one play or two plays. But this is the deal. Like they, when it's time to win, they fight. They know what to do. They've studied every every hour, every inch of film, and they had it. And, and you know what? I would say the counter is like when the Niners had their third and ten, Kyle Shanahan drew up a play or had a play ready, and it, and it was there to be made. 
this play on, got on a defensive coordinator that now has a resume of beating Belichick and beating Kyle Shanahan on in the biggest games, right? Spagnola. Like Spagnola. Yeah. I mean, it's been a pretty big game coordinator. I, there, yeah, there's two ways to look at it. One, Emmanuel Mosley. I mean, this isn't even an opinion. He fucked up. He'd tell you that. Sala would tell you that. The other players, I don't think, would publicly tell you that. But that's the reality. He fucked yeah. up. He went the there's wrong a, way. There's a linebacker there ready for the guy that he follows across the field. And then the, I think the way you're putting it is probably the right way. It's, a, it's an elite play. Because it's like, who did he follow? He didn't follow Haberman. He followed Sammy Watkins, who had been making big plays. It was just a natural instinct. Like you said, the play design, it's a normal play, but there's trickeration just built into the play because it's a cover three beater. And that's the thing. Like they're, It's a beater against their go-to defense. So it's not – that's the one thing. Like you're, placing, you're playing Mike Zimmer. Mike Zimmer's known for – and Mike Pettin's known for running a lot of different coverages. So if you run that play – Mosley might not chase you because he might be in man, or he might chase you because he's in man, but another guy would have ran with Hill. But when you're in that defense, and Andy Reid knows that more than likely he's going to be in that defense in that spot, it's the zone beater. Because it usually does fool the corner. Just because your just inclination is, well, I can't let this guy run normally, I, they're probably going to throw it to him. And then little do you know, Ty, and you're kind of looking out of the corner of your eye, Tyree Kill's breaking away from your area. That's... It's it's a thinking it, for for a for a sport run by a lot of like I mean a lot of guys in the league you know tough guys toughness meathead lifters it's the ultimate thinking man sport I mean it's it's the ultimate X's and O's game it truly is right every every play there is a specific play call against what you think you're gonna see and the defense doesn't know the play coming. And you don't actually know the coverage they're going to run, though you both think you have some idea of what's going to happen on both sides. It's the ultimate. I think it's why there's so many comparisons over, like, the war and strategy, and it's why you hear all these guys talk with Navy. There is a huge strategy element to the sport, unlike the other sports, on because it's on every play, on That's every right. play. You you make your chess move on every play. <clears throat> ba- basketball coaches go a long period of time without making their move. Right, baseball. There's so much of it that's out of your hands as a manager, unless you but know. Coaching you is buzzed. multiple coaches involved. There's as many. Hell, I mean, there's 11 players on each side. How many guys are in on each offensive play? Whether it's when you called it or when you prepared for it, just as many guys. Right, pass game coordinator up against their pass game coordinator up against their D line coach up against their linebacker coach up against their secondary coach. What about like on the- every play? How many coaches are involved to teach one play? A lot. <laughs> yeah, like, a, a lot. so many people. And, and then think about the players. The position how, coach who, is, who substitutes. You think about how often, like, have you seen NFL films over the years where the guard or the wide receiver or whoever's on the sideline or the quarterback's going, well, they're playing me to this shade. He's cheating inside. And then you have that coach needs to relate to the head coach, and the head coach needs to relate to the play caller. And you're all working. It really is. There's... There are by far more fucking people involved on every play. There's a reason there are all these coaches and players in, in the game. And they're all kind of trying to work together to figure it out. And when it works, it's why it's so beautiful. Like to Andy goes, that was the point of the play, right? That play got executed perfectly. And Sala would go, we had the right play call called against that play if he just fucking backpedals. In the history of the sport, it's, it's one of those... 
because it it wasn't one of those plays where my Jimmy and the Joes beat your Jimmy's and the Joes, right? I'm just running it a go route. Wasn't a jump ball, yeah. Yeah, you're covering me straight up, or I'm running power. You know what's coming, and I just run you over. It was legitimately what makes football the cool end of it. They ran a play that just fucked with your defense, even though your defense wasn't the right call. The other part, I don't know. Now look, now we're really going to get you. Into you, you could you could argue, guy. Like the Tyree catch and some of those plays are definitely way more historic because of the diff. This wasn't the difficulty of this wasn't he he ba- he caught it like Willie Mays basket catching it right. Well, that's what I was about to say. Is like I don't I'd be really interested from Mahomes who's who gets hit as soon as he throws the football by Bosa right. Like does that play um, like if 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 Mosley is there? No, it wasn't Bosa. I think it was Buckner. If Remember, because all the Niner fans have spent 48 hours telling me that Bosa was being held. Can you imagine those guys chasing you every play? Like it's just, I think Mahomes said it after. He's like, this is the best defense I've played since I've been playing. I've been to the depths of Twitter, John, and the depths of Twitter think that the refs screwed the 49ers in this game. I have no patience for that. I, I do think a lot of fans, at least my friends that I've been texting, don't have that sediment. I I, I, I agree. That's why I, I said the depths of Twitter. Yeah, I've gotten in some arguments. Like to me, that's kind of Raidersy. Like the the Niners, high level the franchise. They, they they don't. I I don't do blaming again. I and I'm anti refs. I think the refs had a shitty for the most part, pretty average game at best, borderline shitty. But I thought it was equally shitty. Now you're right. Bosa gets held, but there there were no holding calls at all. So you don't think like Frank Clark's getting held or Chris Jones? Like the refs did not. Can we admit? Like I, I know where I stand on this. The refs did not win or lose this game for either side. They influenced the game, but I do not like look at it. you know 49ers lost the Super Bowl because of the zebras. I don't. I I I, I despise that take. It does remind I'm, I'm me and, and Raider fans. They love blaming the. It's a. It's but a you know victimhood, what? and I'm not. Even, I don't. I'm not trying to pigeonhole the Raider. No, fans. no, I don't think it's that. I'm going to stop you because I. I'm just telling you. This is why I said the depth of Twitter. It's just because it's the Super Bowl. Everything that's been that I've been tagged that I'm, I think it's just no matter who loses a game, you're getting that. There's just going to be a segment that thinks that happened. Like on that play, it was about Nick Bosa getting held. You know there were no holding penalties in the game. I didn't know that until you told me that. Because I saw Baldinger tweet. Like, that doesn't bother me. But but there were more holding calls this season than like any season before. It's I think the argument are like, well, there are clearly some of the best defensive linemen in the NFL are in this game on both sides. That's impossible to not call any. So did they try to just let the kids play and then? Well, if I thought now, obviously the Niners have a have an incredible defensive line. If I thought the Chiefs' defensive line was getting no pressure and that the Niners were greatly disadvantaged by that stat you just gave me. Maybe I'd think more of it, but I, every time I watch the game, like Kittle's in there, like people are just flying all around Jimmy too, right? Jimmy, Jimmy got fucking molly whopped a couple so, times. So, you know, I, whatever. I, I uh, here's what I will say if I were to stick with my original point from Sunday, which is the Emmanuel Sanders overthrow is the play that will stay with me more. At the end of that drive, the 49ers still had the lead. Like the third and fifteen, yeah, the game changed. It went from twenty to ten to twenty to seventeen. The Niners still got the. The Niners had a second down and five on the next drive because the first play of that next drive, Mozart goes an easy run right up the gut, right for like five yards. Honestly, it felt like seven, and then you look, it was like five. I'm like, God, that was easy. Then so, they throw, throw. Yeah, yeah, three and out. And at six yards a carry, you could argue th- run the ball again on second down. You could, and then run the ball on third down. 
I, I think it's probably fair to say if they run the ball three straight times with Kyle's different play calling, whether it's end arounds, whether it's a sweep to Kittle, who knows? They probably get a first down. Now they still would probably they'd have to get another first down because Andy had all his timeouts. But going three and out that quickly, but again. Then they go three and out quickly. They get the ball back. The Niners then got the ball back down four with still over two minutes to go, guy. This it's is not, why. That, it's uh, why for me it, the it, Sanders it, play is still at the top. But of course, it, this is my own. This is like some arbitrary ranking. These are the plays that mattered the most. Well, like Mike Shanahan said, the game changed. The game and legitimately changed. It hung a left while it was going yeah. down the freeway. It got off at an overpass <laughs> at third and fifteen because they get off the field there. Do they punt or do they go for it on fourth and 15? Down 10, seven and a half minutes left. Three no, less times. than seven and a half, John. It's, it's like it's, six something. That play happened at 713, so it would have been, you know, like 640 or whatever. That's a good question. I, I don't know. I, I, I think fourth and 15. Like, let's say Mosley's there. He just bats the ball down or, you know, an incompletion. I think you probably punt. I, it's a tough spot. I, I don't know if there's a right or wrong answer. Would he kind of get crushed on Twitter if he punted right there? Fourth and uh, fourth and fifteen is not fourth and six. I mean that's I don't yeah, I um I don't know. It's a good question. I it would not have felt scared to me, like you said, if it's fourth and six is a different different. It's, it's different not animal. like there's three minutes left. There is seven minutes left. But still seven minutes with a team that runs the ball a lot, it could then to me, you might not Kyle, get the ball back. Period. Right? Like, yeah. Do the Niners have a seven-minute drive in them? Well, it turned out they didn't. But why? Well, I remember there was one tweet after they this, had an opportunity to get the ball there. They could have run the game away. Well, once I think like Big Cat or someone tweeted after Mahomes threw the pick, right with like eight fifty or nine minutes, whatever it was, and the Niners were up ten. It's like, are we sure the Chiefs are ever going to see the ball again? The irony is the Niners went three and out. And they got the ball fucking right back. The Niners just picked the worst time to have basically the equivalent of three three and outs, right? After the pick, after the touchdown, I guess just two, and then just a disastrous drive with Jimmy. <laughs> the, the last play, when you see the visual of it as he's getting destroyed and he does like a two-hand basketball pass, you're like, oh, my God. I have come around. You, you hit it on the head. You, you got to call a timeout there. You're, you're just, you have to call a timeout there. When the because when, whenever a clock is that close, clearly you're not in sync, and that that's another area I think you could be critical of Kyle and the play caller. But I also think there's just an element to this in the choke conversation, the losing conversation, the time management for years with Andy Reid. Part of his the reason we talk about it time management because he's been in massive games for 20 years right we're not talking about the time management some random game in October I mean we he does kind of I think get made fun of sometimes for that but a lot of it's like the playoff situation and really a lot of it comes with that Donovan McNabb drive where do you know the difference is sometimes I say this all the time about Kaepernick when the Niners used to get a lot of delay remember they felt like they got how many delay games in like the two years with Kaepernick as a starter with Harbaugh yeah with Harbaugh let's the two of them together yeah they, they were delay games kings well, maybe a lot of it's just Kaepernick because a lot of like the, the Andy Reid time management, did he have the smart, like was, was Donovan really the most put together urgent quarterback all the time? Well, no, he I wasn't. Because this. look at Mahomes, Jim- guy. Look at Mahomes. This, on that drive after the pick, when they got the ball back with nine minutes and you go, well, there's some urgency here. How often, like the, I thought the TV camera did a good job of Mahomes. It's like, hurry up. Let's go. Let's go. Yeah, yeah. Just, and it was just like he understood. And 
It's not like there were three minutes left. There were nine, but he was operating like in the two-minute drive. Let's haul ass. Let's go. There was some of that. Like some of that's on the quarterback, right? It's we just we put it all on the coach. The quarterback is kind of the coach on the field. Like he, you do need them both. They kind of got to be working hand to hand. Has Andy Reid just become a lot smarter? Like we just talk about him in much more glow. I don't, but I'm just saying like people on Twitter now because he just has a good good quarterback. What if he had just had? Brady or Rodgers the whole time. Like, what would Andy Reid have done the last 10 years with Aaron Rodgers, guy? Won a couple? Is that? I mean, I think that's like, I think Mike McCarthy's a good coach. There's no chance that Andy Reid and McCarthy would have the same record if he would have had Aaron Rodgers those seven years, right? None. I, I would agree. I, I would, not only would, not maybe he doesn't have two, but he's just been in another, he's just been in more NFC champ, just been in, just been, Less down. I, now they I had think, a couple, you know, he's been hurt, but. I think they would have been pretty dominant together. I'm, I'm with you. Just look at him with Mahomes, guy. I mean, you, you're the one that texted me midseason. You're like, God, he's moving. He just kind of, it was a game. You're like, he reminds me of Rodgers. And he, he just has some Rodgers with him, just the flick of the wrist and stuff. Just look what he's doing with Mahomes. Two straight years, a, AFC championship game, freaky loss after being down 14 nothing, Super Bowl. <laughs> and it feels like, are we sure they're not going back to back? Because they're going to be the favorites, right? Unless the Patriots, like, if Brady comes back and the Patriots do, like, they got Odell Beckham and add, like, one other sweet guy, they, they would probably be an equal. I, I, I'm not just counting them out yet. <laughs> it just, they're, they're, they're betting hype if they just, they're the two moves away from just being like, oh, it's the Chiefs and Patriots, which is cool with me. I, I mean, you told me AFC Championship next year is reloaded Patriots versus the Chiefs. Arrowhead or Foxborough, sign me up. Niners. If, you know, if I'm being greedy, I go Niners Cowboys. <laughs> we like the eyeballs. I wouldn't mind a rematch. I, I mean, I've seen enough of the Niners and Packers. I just and that's that's a good brand. Selfishly, I wouldn't mind Niners Eagles. Give me Wentz. I like watching Carson. Ooh, reloaded Eagles. Like Minnesota, McCarthy, no. Uh, yeah, yeah. Give me, yeah. Give but me, it's give me just, Jack and it's, okay. just, it's just the Cowboys. You know. Again, I'm not even that. I, I would I would actually, personally, I'd rather see the Eagles because I, I like watching Wentz more. I've seen enough of the Packers. Uh, the Saints, I mean, I wouldn't complain. Yeah, I... Um, if you just told me some... I, next year's playoff matchups for the Niners, I just would like either the Saints, Cowboys, or Eagles involved, maybe. Like I, I've seen enough of Minnesota and Green Bay. That's the positivity that people need, John. Yeah, or Seattle. I, I could do Seattle, too. I think Seattle's going to be really good next year, right? Oh, I, I wanted to say this about this whole sequence. I don't know if you – I've got a theory. I don't know if you've seen my theory. I, don't, I didn't text it to you, but I tweeted it yesterday. I can't wait for the mic'd up versions of all these big plays. Usually, comes, usually comes out today because of like so, time NFL films is tonight. We talk, I think we talked about it on the podcast a little, but on the Emmanuel Sanders third and ten, how John Lynch and Adam Peters were standing right behind Kyle. And they kind of did the knee dip, like oh, and they yeah, and they showed it on TV, and they show. I would, I tweeted this on Monday. I would bet money to use a middle cough line, as if there's anything else you bet. I would bet money that Kyle says to John Lynch right before that play. Watch this. See, I would. Why would Kyle be looking behind him? Just uh, Kyle walks. He had to walk because Kyle is standing like down by where the play is supposed to end. See, I, I would bet money they didn't talk. I think Kyle. I mean, this is. I mean, he's about to lose a Super Bowl guy. I just. I just. I, what was the play where he said something? Who did he? Say? You remember earlier this year there was a play 
I for some reason in my head it's McGlinchey, but he wouldn't have been talking to McGlinchey. It was he Sta- says it, it was Staley because Staley was hurt. Yeah, but Staley was standing right next to him, and, and because were, Staley was hurt that day, it must have been. Yeah, and it was. It was either the Browns. It was a game where they were in complete. It was a relaxed atmosphere. Yeah, it was one of those like, watch this, Kittle's gonna hit it. Okay, well, yeah. even so, this well, I guess to me we're both guy, big. he's a little tighter. I just don't think he's looking behind. Maybe not, but here's the point. I know the what ultimate you're point is, is yeah, that would be badass, po- and it will go viral if he says the it. ultimate He'll- point. John, he walks down there to the ten yard line or wherever he was. But he's he all, you notice he's always on the opposite side because he likes the view. He you started to how walk far away. He is. I know he started to walk back the other way after that play did not hit though. Like he walked down there because he thought they were. He just thought it was about to hit. But you I know, think he thought it was about to hit. And somebody I, tweeted at me that Tim Ryan no, said they ran it 12 times in practice and hit 11 times. I think he lines himself up way behind the defense so he can see. Because if you watch, I picked it up. I've been, you know, think about it the way he talks. And that thing that went viral the other day, like watch Kittle right here against the Packer game where he's lined up, like where the safety yeah, is on the defense. If you watch the play where Jimmy gets tossed, he comes running. He's not standing there. He's way back. He lines himself up on the defense. I would imagine as the play caller, because you know how coaches say, well, you actually can't see as much from the sideline, which makes mm-hmm. sense. I mean, you yeah. when you call games or you sit in the top row with the blue-collar people, you have a great view of everything where the coaches sit. That as a coach, he probably gets his view from the way behind. It's how he sees shit. I, I think that he just is there and they just are standing there. It would be badass, though, if he goes. I, I just don't think he's relaxed enough in that situation. He might not be, but, but here's my, my bottom line point is he, I think he knew, back to the Nostradamus stuff, he knew they had a play right there that was going to have a chance to hit. Yeah. And his he quarterback didn't, and that's why he said he just played all right. Wait, what? Do you see Kyle when they asked him, like, how do you think Jimmy played? He's like, he played all right. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, I just didn't hear what you said. You know, is, right. is he wrong? No, but it's just, you know, some player, like, should he say that? Yeah, he can say whatever the fuck he wants. Like, Jimmy was all right. He was 3 of 11 in the fourth quarter, and it was atrocious. Let's talk about that. Let's talk about it. Okay, well, I mean, he just wasn't. Why did the Niners, right? I mean, like, we talked about it on Sunday. This will, one thing is clear since Sunday night. What we think, what we thought on Sunday night, one of the main storylines of this game would be, and now this offseason, it is Jimmy. And that, you know, I think that was pretty predictable. I don't think we were breaking any ground there with that. But that is what this is becoming and what it will be until he plays another football game. He had a bad playoffs because in the one game where he didn't do anything bad, the Packer game, he's going to get zero credit for. Like he gets, he, honestly, it felt like he got negative credit during the Super Bowl week, right? People kind of use that against him. In the, totally. Minnesota, in the Minnesota game, he just was not good. Now you could say, well, they got one of the best defensive coaches. They got a elite defensive players. He, he wasn't good enough. This game, he had a couple moments where it kind of felt like he got under control, but for the most part, he was really bad. And in the fourth quarter, where if he just, even if you take away, like one of my things is, well, if he was playing well, they would have been up. Okay, that's a hypothetical, didn't happen. They were still up. And then even when Kansas City, after the pick, he gets the ball back with nine. If he just completes some passes down the stretch, even after they, like you said, when they scored their first touchdown after the third and 15, it's still 20 to 17. It's not like, you know, it was 20 to 20 and they went up 27 to 20. No, they still had the lead. And if he just doesn't go three of 11 in the fourth quarter for 36 yards, he did throw a pick, but the pick was meaningless at the end of the game. He, he was bad. And, and not just mediocre, he was bad. 
you you can't win the Super Bowl with that. Like that was low level quarterback play, and there is a ton of pressure. And I can't imagine. I mean, no one can relate to this beside a small number of NFL quarterbacks that have played in this game. The pressure going into the game. But wouldn't you say, once the game is going, and you're like in the fourth quarter, or, and you'd have to talk to like the Favs, the Montanas, the Youngs, the Foles, the Bradys, whoever. Do you even, once you get to the fourth quarter, even if the game's tight, are you thinking like, oh my God, this is Super Bowl. Or are you just in football mode? You're just trying to make plays. You're in the rhythm of the game. You're just playing football. Because you'd say, you'd think, like, you'd be in a little bit of a rhythm. His rhythm got worse. Because he had some moments after he threw the first pick where he kind of got control of himself and just mm. made some plays. And then the fourth quarter, it's like he resorted back to the way it started in the Minnesota game where it looked like, oh, this Jimmy, this is the playoffs. <laughs> you know, this is, which we understand. There is tangible pressure there. And he kind of crumbled like a cookie guy. Crumbled like a cookie. And they lost. And, the, and Mahomes was the opposite. Mahomes was better. dynamic. Yeah, I mean, not just better. He was awesome. He was making plays. Oh, but but the, I think Kyle would tell you, we didn't need Jimmy to be Mahomes. We just needed him to complete a couple fucking first downs with guys wide open. Just hit the guys in the stomach. Throw easy passes. You could argue the thing that that example, whoever told you or tweeted at you about Ryan, Tim Ryan saying they ran the play 12 times in practice, hit 11 and 12. The one thing, and we talked about this on Sunday night, if you, there's never been a pass, an overthrow, a 10-yard overthrow that's been completed in the, like in the history of the league. It's just like there's never been a pass completed thrown out of bounds. There have been, though, first downs made on underthrown balls, even that aren't completed, right, because of pass interference. Mm-hmm. And if he just stops, those guys are sprinting full go. He gets wiped out, and you just you don't have a choice. You have to throw the flag. A little like... You know the play that led to the first touchdown for Mahomes to make it 20-17 to 17 where they get the P.I. on Kittle, or I mean Kelsey? Yeah. And it really, like, it, was, it wasn't a great thrown ball. It was underthrown, but right. what does it lead to? A P.I., everyone, the moment, no one, like, no fans are arguing that one. It's like, well, you got to turn, turn your head. head. It's the favorite, right? You got to turn your head. But it actually benefited Mahomes for underthrowing that football. Can you imagine if he just would have hit like the Chiefs DBs in the ass? They would have wiped out Emmanuel Sanders because he would have slowed down to come back to the ball. And they would have got the ball at the four or five, wherever he would have got taken out. Yeah. To me, when you overthrow it, and we, we talked about this on, I don't, Jimmy's not an overthrow guy. He's an underthrow guy. To me, that shows like his juices are really, really amped up. Kind of like Mahomes on the first pass of his Super Bowl where it was like a 100-mile-an-hour Kaepernick fastball. And it was like, they need to see to get Mahomes take a deep breath. And, and I then think the he, second pass, too. He had talked about it during the week. I think he has really worked on being too amped up for games because that's you don't want to be too amped up. You want to just – it's a cerebral position. And then let your body just kind of ease into the game. Where Jimmy – and that's why what was impressive about Mahomes, right, is as the game went on, he kind of just he, – he just somehow found a way to calm himself while playing at a high level. Felt like Jimmy was just, I don't know, jittery or something. On that now, pass is a good example. It was it was severely overthrown. Now, do you think it's possible No. That I don't know what you're gonna say. Part of the reason for that is that Mahomes is just asked to do more. So like Mahomes, when it came time for the I'm you know, just because he but had he, but he had a thirty one attempts, like you more. said. He Jimmy had eleven more the attempts. Ball. 
Yeah. Yep. But Jim, Jimmy, this was not, I would say, I would agree if he had had like 13 attempts up to the game. He had thrown the ball a lot. Like they were, they, Kyle was asking him to do a lot because. Yeah, I'm just saying like Mahomes had nine carries. So I, I don't know. The more you do, the more you shake it. The but more but you I, get in the I'm moment. talking about that specific throw guy. He's not an overthrow guy. So no, for I, him, I he really that. amps up. I, I feel like he was, and I don't, bl- I don't blame Jimmy Garoppolo. Especially on a guy that's hard to overthrow. Yeah, I, I don't blame Jimmy Garoppolo for being a, That's part of what makes football so fucking intense in these moments. But clearly, to me, the moment got to him a little bit, which to me is understandable. Now, it's not ideal for the Niners. I mean, let's do a loss. And it might lead to Kyle, the offseason conversation, which I guess the next time we'll hear from Kyle will be at the Combine. What do you think type questions Kyle's going to get, right? Blowing the lead. I, you, you and I could write down 10 questions and 10 things that are immediately going to be asked when the, when the mob is around Kyle and he's up at the Niners podium about blowing the lead, how much he regrets some play calls, if he's wavered on Jimmy. Like, the, the, to me, the main conversation going into that are going to be about blowing the lead and his, and his uh, confidence in his quarterback, don't you think? Yeah. Yeah. And I think his answers on blowing the lead will be good, right? Like, I think they'll be insightful. I, I actually think his I th- I would imagine by then too his answers on Jimmy will be insightful. Like we can just keep working through stuff and yeah. Like I don't think he's gonna be. I mean I I wouldn't be opposed just because it would be some explosive podcast content. Like we're exploring all options. Be like whoa, <laughs> right? <laughs> would yeah, you say Herbert guy I like? I think if we get to seven, w- we can would get you him. say if Kyle during his opening press conference at the combine drops, we're exploring our options? That goes viral pretty fast. <laughs> Would that be as explosive as anything that can be said at the Combine? Beside Belichick? Well, actually, Belichick doesn't talk at the Combine. Somehow it's not mandated, even though every coach does it. He just refuses to do it. Did he not go on NFL Network two years ago with Mayock? He did. Did he do that? Yeah, Yeah, he did, yeah. But that's different than talking to the Mike's. Yeah, I think Mike's his guy. Yeah, I don't know. I just think he, who knows. The, The other part, I guess this is partly a conversation, just like with a few days of hindsight, um, so two quotes, Tyron Matthew, we were grateful they got out of the run and started to throw the ball. Uh, Frank Clark, you paying this guy 140, 130 million, whatever he's getting paid, man, he's got to throw the ball. Obviously he didn't do that. They threw for about 200 yards on checkdowns. That ain't enough to win a game against us. Well, here's my thing. Despite, I mean, Jimmy makes a lot of money. The 49ers are a running team, right? Their their strength is running the football, not passing the football. Despite Jimmy having a successful year throwing the football, he threw 27 touchdowns. But no one would argue, right? If you stop the Niners' run, you're in a you have a pretty good opportunity to win the game. Like that has been all season long. There, I'm googling right now. How many rushing touchdowns do you think the Niners had this year? Uh, 35? A little high. I mean, they had, 20, they had 23. So, oh, they so had, Jimmy threw for more touchdowns than they ran for? I would imagine, though, in the NFL this year, do this on the fly. The gap is probably bigger. Yeah, I mean, how many teams do you think? I mean, 20-plus rushing touchdowns, to me that feels like a lot. I'm gonna, but it, maybe I'm 
trying to get it relative to the league. Uh, the regular season. Like, the Packers had a lot, and they were successful. So, the uh, Niners led the league in rushing touchdowns by right, two. By two. And you know the teams behind them? Titans. Well, Derrick Henry had a historic year. Ravens, historic running team. Think about that. Niners led the league with rushing touchdowns. For example, like the Saints, who were a 13-3 and really good team, had 12 rushing touchdowns. Uh, any other playoff teams down there? No. But like the Chiefs, had an excellent offense. 16, 17. So the Niners are dramatically higher than like the Texans, the Chiefs, Seattle, who's a running team, 15. They are, I, I don't think, like, I, I'm not offended by those quotes in the sense of, like, it's just basic math, right? We stop their run, make him throw the ball. No, so, okay, but is, is it about offense or is it just about, like, did the Niners make a mistake? Did I'm Kyle not- Shanahan make a mistake by not running the ball more, right? We were talking about second and five. And I don't really, I don't like doing too much of this kind of stuff because the amount of information that a coach has when they make a play call is is massive and Kyle has proven that he's beyond I mean no one's beyond reproach but that he clearly knows what the hell he's doing but I you know it's also a fair question I think particularly when you were when you led when you led now the counter to that is you hit some plays people are like hell yeah going for the throat right yeah well, but to me, it just to, to me that's the next step is because they didn't rely on him and they didn't want to. I think that's the clear takeaway from the three playoff games. They wanted to avoid relying on Jimmy Garoppolo. Where Kansas City, who I think why Andy deserves so much credit, like, he finally ran the ball! But he could, at any moment's notice, rely on his quarterback. Even when he was having his shittiest game of the year, they never wavered. Because he goes, you know what? If I go down, you bury me with this guy, right? Belichick feels like that with Brady, with Manning, with... With Super Bowl level quarterback, hell with Foles. When they won the Super Bowl with Foles, they relied on Foles to make plays. <laughs> you have to be able to rely on your quarterback in the. It, it's why to be a top flight quarterback, and Jimmy's not like we don't talk about Jimmy like he's an MVP or a Pro Bowl level guy. It's my issue with Lamar. For Lamar to be considered a super top flight guy, can I trust you on third and seven in a playoff game? Lamar can't be trusted right now. It's why I give Deshaun Watson. I'd rather have him right now because I can trust him on third and seven in January. Jimmy can't be trusted right now. And you can say, well, he's proven. In the His own coach doesn't trust him. Think about that. Or, or wanted to avoid those situations at all costs. The Ravens want to avoid that situation with Lamar. The Chiefs would pay for that situation. The Patriots over the years, Brady lives for that. Peyton Manning, Rodgers, not this year right now, but in past years. Russell. Yeah. That, that, to me, is the big step for Jimmy. He's got to become a more consistent passer in big downs. He's going to throw touchdowns. Next year, he might have 34 touchdowns, whatever. That's, it's about third and sevens, big plays and big games in the playoffs, which is weird. Like, the regular season won't really matter that much for Jimmy unless it's a disaster. Like, if they're a 10 or an 11-win team, be like, well, can he get it done in the playoffs? It's all going to come down to the playoff game. Because you do expect that this team's going to continue to run the football, and so – there are just going to be more moments like third and 10 where he's got to make a play. Which makes the offseason fun. Yeah. And plays that, by the way, he's made. Like someone tweeted at me, he hasn't hit that throw all year. I don't think that's true. I mean, he has hit that throw. 
Well, guy, he hit year. it. He hit it on Jalen Ramsey to Emmanuel Sanders on third and seventeen. Remember the play against the LA Rams? That's when it happened. Was that over the top though, or was that? Well, I mean, Jalen didn't run with him. They fucked up, but he hit him. Oh, that's he, right. He, I mean, yeah, he was yeah. technically wide open. But even if even if those two Chiefs hadn't been there, he still would have missed them. Like that's your point, right? Yeah. Whether the DBs were covered or not, he he, he overthrew them. There was no even opportunity for a completion. Oh, I got a good headline for later I just saw, but you'll have to wait on that. Okay, good. Uh, as it relates to Robert Sala, we haven't really talked about him. He was, you know, a quarter away. It's funny, John. With seven minutes and change left in the third quarter, Andy Reid's about to lay a dud offensively in the Super Bowl, and Robert Sala's about to hold Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid to 10 points. Right? It was, yeah, it was a big moment. It's about to be a disaster. Like, it's about to be a disaster for Andy. Yep. And we and like we'd 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 have been thirty six hours away from like, should Michigan State hire Robert Sala today? <laughs> the man to play Big Twelve Big Ten football. Uh, it's crazy how fast it changes. That's that's the society we live in now. It's never changed faster. And you're judged on your last game. Just life. But I don't think anyone's saying that a Robert Sala stinks. It's just, to me, it's more about how big he was about to become. He's already big. He's going to be a head coach. But how big, how, like, what it was, what that talking point would have been. He just held Andy Reid to 10 points. Even if the Niners had won 2017, held Bowl yeah. to 17. I, I honestly, Hell, you could make the case he held him to 24 until, it, you know, until the end. If the Niners would have scored a touchdown and won 27 to 24, I don't think Robert Sala would have taken that much heat. It took two late touchdowns for them I mean, Sean, even to put some hollow points on the board. Not, not even would he not be taken. Well, well, I do think that touchdown that gets scored where you're just selling out to try and stop the guy so you can get a first, so you can call a timeout. I feel like that that happens all the time in that situation, right? Where somebody the, busts I, a run. That that's the that's the twenty first point. I'm talking about just the two four, the fourteen points were not hollow. That point that that the twenty first. The third right. one was. Right, right, the right. two ones were real because they were they were drives, right? Yeah. So what I'm saying though is even if they uh if once they, they scored that, they couldn't they weren't gonna win. But but so the Sanders play, they score, it's twenty seven twenty four, the Niners win twenty seven twenty four. I mean you could argue even if it's twenty four nothing, you're like, God damn, he did a pretty good job. You're saying or, if the sorry, Niners lost twenty four nothing? If the Niners lost twenty four to twenty, sorry. Yeah, I got gotcha. you. I'd be like, Well what what else can we ask him to do? But if I told like, you before but, the Super Bowl, but but what if, you got to get you got it. But to me, it's you can't play that game when you're up twenty to ten. Yeah, yeah. I, but if I told you before the Super Bowl, uh, you give up twenty four points if you're the Niners. Do you take that? You do. do you play but but if I but if I told you you're up twenty to ten in the fourth quarter, it changes it. Yeah, I don't. And and honestly, I'm not even positive that you do take that. I mean, for two people that talked about the over, it's still like at twenty four. Yeah, I mean, I, I have faith that Kyle Shanahan would get more than 20 points. What was the final score? 31-20? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, guys, they, they had 20 points pretty early in the third quarter. They couldn't score another fucking point. Like, it's, yeah. that, that's, where, that's where, to me, the heat goes more on Jimmy. Because I, when Kyle calls plays, they're going to work. It's on the quarterback then to execute them. That's, we're not talking Freddie Kitchens here. This guy has proven he dials up good shit. And that's why Kittle's going, I'm wide open. And Jimmy is freaking but like I, I understand why Jimmy the moment's big and it got to him, so it there's more questions than answers right now on young good looking Jimmy Garoppolo. Or he might not be good enough to win a Super Bowl. Oh, and that's what we're gonna find out over the next probably year or two. 
because this team is equipped to make runs. The good news for him is he's played in one. That is the good news as long as he stays in the mix. Like if they yeah. miss the playoffs next year, I would if like you told me they went nine and seven next year and don't make the playoffs, I'd say Jimmy Garoppolo's probably gone. Uh yeah. Which I would is cool. I like the the stakes are raised now. That's what happens when you lose in the Super Bowl. Stakes are raised. That's why the Rams fired a bunch of people and made a bunch of crazy trades. Like when you go to the Super Bowl and lose. Like if the Chiefs went nine and seven next year because Mahomes got hurt, missed a month, or you'd be like, well, whatever, any Super Bowl champ. <laughs> you know, the, the party's gonna last a year. Yeah. Even It'd though be- it suck, but the if the Niners do not make the playoffs, heads are rolling, guy. As they should. Like the the standard has fucking been raised for the quarterback. Uh all right. Before we move on, John, let's tell the people this podcast is brought to you by Sleep Number, the official sleep and wellness partner of the NFL. Sleep is vital for healthy living, strengthens your immunity in this time of worldwide illness, increases the ability to focus, sharpens cognitive function, improves physical health and emotional well-being. There is so much that sleep does for you. Get your best sleep with the Sleep Number 360 smart bed. Guy, you know Mahomes probably has Sleep Number smart bed. Andy probably has one. I would imagine Goodell has one as a partner of him. I love my sleep number smart bed. I know you do too. Sleep numbers beds allow you to adjust each side because a lot of people's beds, there are multiple people sleeping in that bed. And we all don't, you know, like the same firmness. Haberman likes concrete. I like pillow soft. And and that's why sleep number adjusts to every human. Again, discover proven quality sleep and save 50% on the 360 limited edition smart bed during the ultimate Sleep Number event only at Sleep Number Store or sleepnumber.com slash ham. Sleepnumber.com slash ham. Go get it. Might as well just tell them about Simply Safe now, too. All right. Podcast also brought to you by Simply Safe. This is my favorite thing to say. I love this part. Every night, local police departments receive hundreds of calls from burglar alarms. They don't know what's going on. All they know is an alarm's going off. They don't know if there's a crime. They're just a motion sensor. Simply Safe. Home security is different. They use real video evidence to give police eyewitness accounts of the crime. This means that police dispatch up to, and you know the analytics guys like this, 350% pass, uh, faster than for a normal burglar alarm. Guy. Plus, Simply Safe protects your home from fires, water damage, and carbon monoxide. Uh, it's only 50 cents a day with no contracts. Visit simplysafe.com slash ham. You'll get free shipping and a 60-day risk-free trial. You'll get you got nothing to lose, guy. Go now and be sure to go to simplysafe.com slash ham so they know that Haberman Middlecoff sent you. That's simplysafe.com slash ham. All right. Um so Tom Brady, this was a story on Sunday morning. Good little Super Bowl story. A little Schefter, a little curveball out of nowhere. Yeah, this was at about uh I was in the car. I remember when I when I heard it on radio. I think I texted you immediately. Voice to text. I'm a big voice to text guy, which can be frustrating sometimes. Your Siri vo- doesn't always know what you're I, saying. Well, I see that Siri sent it. I, I saw that for the first time today. It said, you text me and it said, Siri sent it. I, really? I, yeah. I've never voiced a text in my life. I don't do, I don't fuck with Siri. I voice to text constantly. I, I never, but you never text and drive or anything, do you? Uh, well, I, I'd like to say no, but when I'm at a stop. I have. I can honestly say I've never used Siri in my life, and I don't think I will. It's very I, like 1980s middle cop. I use Siri all the time in the car, and I do it at home. Like I'll just be usually I'll get home right. I'll make getting a snack. I'll just be like, Hey Siri, text middle. 
and I'll be like, I'll be on in 10 minutes. That happens. When you get that text, that's a Siri voice to text. See, my, I, I think, and this is not something to be proud of, guy. My phone is in my hand all the time. It's, it's, it's. But sometimes I'm doing problem. something with my hands, you know? Yeah. My, my phone Making is. Making something to eat. Even when I'm doing it, it's right next to me. That's why I That's just... That's why it is right next to me. I, it's right next to me. I'm making something to eat. I'm just going, hey, Siri, text me a call. I, I just... I, something about Siri. I don't know. I've never connected with her. I know. I understand. She can be frustrating. She can. Um, anyway, so Schefter reports on Sunday morning that the Raiders would be interested in Tom Brady. No shit. Stunner. I, I had heard... Have we talked about this on the podcast? Hmm. Someone told me... That Mayock, I mean, they want Tom Brady. I, that, to me, that's the story. The Raiders, Mayock and Gruden, want Tom Brady. And this isn't one of those where, I mean, Derek can't say shit. It's Tom fucking Brady. Tom Brady with one arm is better than Derek Carr right now. I also think there's a huge element of business to this. I mean, you go into Vegas, the buzz of that. And I don't think Mayock is that, they're not consumed by that, but... There is an element to that. Like, Mark Davis isn't opposed to it. It would be an incredible signing. But it's out of their control. Tom Brady's in full control. And it's pretty clear. Like, have you seen some of the pictures Brady taking with Belichick? Brady got, like, all the players, like Gronk and different guys on the sideline that were Patriots with Belichick. I actually think their relationship has gotten better since whatever happened a couple years ago. And there was a report yesterday. Like, I don't even think it'll be available. Because if you're if you're Brady, and I don't think he'd ever play for Dean Spanos, but from a roster standpoint, the Chargers have much more veteran-laden, ready-to-roll guys now. The Raiders are very dependent on a lot of unknowns. They got five picks in the top 99. Well, Tom's openly against young players. Like, one thing he's, Gronk's talked about, it's very hard to be a young player around Tom Brady. Remember, Gronk was on the shop and was like, sometimes I have to tell Tom, like, Tom, you got to relax a little with this guy. It's not, you're not being fair. You're almost like a coach. You have unrealistic expectations. And so to me, the draft picks don't mean a goddamn thing to Tom. Uh, I I also think the problem for the Raiders, their defense is historically shitty. I mean, it's it's awful. And they're in a division with the Chiefs. So I... I don't know if it's as an appealing from a football standpoint beside him. I, I've come to grips. I, I will be shell-shocked if he leaves New England at this point. Shell-shocked. I, and I thought maybe it was realistic. during. I, I just think he's back. The, the vibe that I got in Miami talking to people in the know, it would be a major, major upset for him to leave. Major. And I, I would actually put Tennessee in the mix just because his connection to Vrabel. I know that's been shot down about him like looking at schools. I expect Tom Brady to be the New England Patriots quarterback next year. And I and I was someone hoping he'd leave or whatever. Yeah. I just I've just caught wind and people kind of in the loop and just reading the reports. Like it's not about the money. He's come this far. It's not about some extra five million dollars. It's about Bill, we need to rec- you know, reload here. So if that means taking a couple flyers on AJ Green and Amari Cooper and signing a running, you gotta do what you gotta do, but I'm we need help. And and Bill's no dummy. Like Bill's done that before, right? When they've when they haven't got over the the hill in 06, what did he do the next year? He trades for Randy, signs Wes Welker, he goes and get Dante Stallworth. It's not like Bill's Bill gets this misconception like he would never sign Khalil Mack. Well, he made Gilmore the highest paid corner in the history of the league, became the defensive player of the year. People are like he got rid of Richard Seymour. Yeah, after Bill signed him to a massive, massive deal. Bill just wouldn't Bill doesn't do the third deal. His the guys he Gronk, he signed him to multiple deals. 
That's, it's just a, it's a misconception that people love acting like, Bill is penny pinching. No, he pays a select few of guys. Or he gets like the Revis for the one-year deal. He's not just opposed to signing people, right? He's done it consistently over the years. Added right. it, pieces. Yeah, yeah. And, and I think... Um, He's just a little more like the Dodgers or like a Moneyball team, like the new Yankees. Like, he picks his spots, but if he likes you, he'll go... I, the Gilmore thing are like, damn, Bill. And wouldn't you say that worked out pretty well? Yeah. Depoy? 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 Um, I I think the the thing that I keep going back to with Tom, and I'm with you, I expect him to be back on the Patriots. The thing I keep going back to with him is, why would he suddenly go to the highest bidder? That's not been his mo at any point in his career. So now he doesn't need the money. It's not to say he should take nothing, but why start that now at a point in time where he's trying to extend, he's trying to win. He's trying to stay healthy long enough to continue to play for however much longer he wants to play. Wouldn't like Why two- suddenly now just sign with the team offering you the most money? Where, where's his best chance to win a Super Bowl? New England. By a mile, right? Is there even a clo- Is there even another second? No. I mean, to Mont- he's got Bill Belichick as his coach. Did you? I, I actually. He's got did, Josh McDaniels as his offensive coordinator. Did you watch the silver thing? I know we talked about it. I actually watched it the other the day. The silver Montana? Yeah. Yes, I did. It was, I mean, when you watch Joe's face, I actually realized even more watching that why he was kind of pulling for the Chiefs. Like, can we remember these guys traded me? I wanted to be. He's ta- he talked, even at 60 years old or whatever he is now, like Clay Thompson talked when he was sitting with you at Washington State or addressing the crowd. I want to be a warrior for life. Joe basically said the same thing. I would tell him, do not leave. I never wanted to leave the San Francisco 49ers. He, hell, he still lives here. So clearly he loved this place. And I would tell Tom to stay. And I, I think Tom's smart enough to realize that this is my best place for even that it might get contentious with the uh, the coach. He does. I, I think Tom would be the first to say what a brilliant coach Bill Belichick is, correct? Mm-hmm. And I just, he just, they just need help. And so if they get help, he'll be there. Where, where, I just don't see where's he going to go. Why would he go to the Raiders? I understand why the Raiders want him. I completely of understand course. that. And I don't even I, and I don't think there's any if you're Derek Carr, like I wouldn't take offense to finding out the Raiders are interested in Tom Brady. Like the I, number of teams that wouldn't take Tom Brady right now is a short list. I'd 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 react to what he tweeted, but he blocked me a year ago, so I don't even know did he even bring it up. I doubt it. Oh, I don't know. I didn't Who who even cares? Like what you can't. What's he gonna say? Like this is bullshit. Mark Davis told me this is not true. Like it's Tom Brady. Because remember, he did in the in the in the Paul Gutierrez article be like, "Well, I, I asked Mark about what they talked about at the UFC fight." Like, are you seriously, you did? It's Tom Brady, bro. What else are you gonna talk about? I mean, you're having dinner. That's true. Can't let the you know elephant in the room. Mark, God damn it! I want the truth. So I, I, I think it's better for everybody. Like as much fun as this would be as an off season discussion, it is. I'll be if he's not on that team, I'll be kind of disappointed just as a fan. What, what to me the conversation? I, I would agree. I, I think the conversation is with the Vegas Raiders. Do they make a big play for like a guy like Drew Brees or Philip Rivers? Like obviously they would go after Tom Brady. Is it is it like where does the well, line of delineation get drawn? Guy? Okay, so but where what's like 
to me, Breeze is closer, much closer to Brady than he is to Rivers in terms of Why likelihood that, that he's team? not. Yeah, like, like, come on. Okay, so okay, let's. But Rivers, uh, yes. Okay, let's cross Breeze out because I would agree. I you, Breeze would be nuts to leave Sean. He's Payton. either retiring or playing for the Saints. What happens with Rivers? I don't think he's back in in. LA, wherever. Well, there was, there was a report Super Bowl week, right? And then even Glazer's like, well, I, I might have misspoke a little bit or it came out of my mouth wrong. They haven't won. But I, I, I heard Glazer on NFL radio and they're like, do you, is there a quid, a quid pro quo? Like, are you reporting one thing to get some other? He's like, it does not work like that. <laughs> he got like kind of mad. Not mad, but just. But I, I do think he's on the right track. I expect when all the dust settles for them to let Rivers walk. And I think Rivers wants to walk. I actually think they kind of want to make a clean break. Then, to me, the, the elephant in the room is where does he go? Because I, I think it's kind of trending. Cam Newton's going to be back on the Panthers. You see that thing he said during NFL week. Like, I plan on being back. I'm healthy. I've talked to those guys. He said he talked to Rule and Tepper. He got the feeling that he was going to be back. Hmm. And it's not like the Panthers are wasting much time. I mean, they broke up with Greg Olson pretty quickly. Yeah. So, I, I would imagine Cam Newton's their starting quarterback. I actually think that's the right move for Rule. Just... What if Cam's healthy again and you could just make the playoffs next year and be like a 10-win team with Cam Newton? So then you go Rivers. Well, if Tennessee keeps Tannehill, you know, you start doing the, like, where does Rivers go? And then it's like Tampa. Well, then if Jameis became available, I, Jameis would be another type guy that I think Gruden would kind of be interested in. So we'll see. I, I think there are just some domino effects that are out of Derek's control. Like, yeah. to me, if they, if they draft like a Jordan Love or whatever, Derek will just be the starter. And that guy will just be kind of being groomed. The Derek will just, but if he plays really well. Yeah, that'll be a hairy situation because Jordan Love's not getting drafted in the fifth round. No, he'd be drafted in the first round. They would take him like pick nineteen or twelve. I, I think that is on the table. Them taking a quarterback, and that would be a Car family freakout, right? If well, Jordan Love, it's so clearly a direct threat. Yeah, but I mean. if it just, it, but it's not like. When when Rodgers got drafted, Favre was old, and at the time, like being thirty six back in two thousand whatever year that was five was a big deal. It's like, well, he is thirty five, right? And now it's like, well, he is forty, but you know, Tom wants to play three more years. Tom's going to be forty three. The the age keeps moving up, but I think with Carr, it's like, well, Derek's twenty eight. That's not normal. You don't take a first round quarterback when you have a twenty eight year old star quarterback. That would be basically we don't think Derek's a long term guy. They would be admitting it. They can say whatever the fuck they want. Like with Alex, it was kind of a double whammy. Alex was an older player, and his ceiling was just capped. With Derek, it would be like, well, that's kind of an indication they don't believe in you, bro. They'd be telling you everything. And it's not like they had signed you like a Sam Bradford to be a, to be a bridge. I guess Sam was brought in by Chip to be the guy, but then Doug came in. This would be a unique situation of a guy in his prime on a max contract and the the team drafts a first-round quarterback, which I, I kind of feels like 50-50. Now, I, I, I'll i be honest. People ask me about Jordan Love all the time. I haven't watched one snap. Have you? Uh, I, I mean, have you? Yeah, I, I think in their bowl – I think I saw some of their bowl game, but I couldn't I, tell I'd you. Have to, I'm I just – all I know about him was that his junior – was he a senior? His junior – whatever, two years ago, his 20 – 18 season was better than his 2019 season. Yeah, like they much were not, better. They, they were they had a kind of a down year for them, right? Again, I, I'd have to look into it. I don't know. <laughs> um, so I mean, okay, Brady back to the Patriots. Yeah, 
Jaja. Jaja Morant. Really, Dylan Brooks started it. He did. And I got no issue with these guys being mad at Andre Iguodala for not being on their team. Can't wait to play him. And it's really become the NBA kind of story of Tuesday. I don't know. Well, well, David Aldridge tweeted out yesterday, if he's not traded, he will just sit out the whole year. And then Hollinger tweeted this morning a couple years ago. I don't know if it was the Grizzlies. I have to look at the A team, if they buy him out like after March 3rd, he wouldn't be playoff eligible. So they can kind of fuck him. And it's like, I kind of hope they do that. To me, I'm... But why wouldn't they just... I mean, they they agree... they agreed. Why wouldn't they just trade him? They agreed to let him do this so that they would have the trade but, chip. So but they, they they didn't agree to trade him, and they didn't agree to buy him out. They did agree he can just stay away, and they got paid, which to me, kind of pussy move by Memphis. I, I would have said you either show up or you don't get paid. Like it, he was going to get tra- like Iguodala didn't have any leverage to stop the trade. Yeah, I, but what I'm saying is why wouldn't why would you then keep him out of spite? Just trade him. So well, because all these teams aren't because all these teams aren't giving him anything. Like they're not getting. Well, they want a first round pick. So what are you going to get instead? Get nothing and just kind of have a staring contest with them. <laughs> they already okay. got their trade chip they were looking for. My, my issue with this guy is this symbolizes the NBA. In the NFL, if you don't show up, you don't get paid. We, we've seen it with franchise tag guys, right? They don't show up. They're not getting paid. In the NBA, it's, to me, it's become the elite, elite country club because all these guys are making $20, $30, 40000000 million. They're constantly talking down to the fans. Big issue is they don't play. Iguodala has been, I mean, he was took a picture the other, like a couple weeks ago at Sauced in downtown Walnut Creek. He's getting $16 million, which again, you, you don't. You is don't that just, a pizza place or a bar? It's a barbecue joint. Okay. Pretty, no, not bad. Good bar to like watch games and stuff. Food's okay. A little overpriced. Good, good, a lot of beer selection. Listen, you, you don't you don't deserve anything in life. So Iguodala negotiated this fair and square. It's fucking business. So I, I don't blame Iguodala for negotiating it. We all would. Wait, you'll pay me $60 million? Don't even need to show up? But this notion that, like, one thing, Iguodala last year wasn't that good. Remember, most people are like, he's washed, he's over the hill. And we're acting like people on Twitter, like it's seven years ago, Iguodala. Like, I, I think a lot of people think he's washed. Now, I think he said when he went on the media tour like a month ago, when he said when he openly said Steph should sit out, to me he's become kind of representative of this area, very kind of elitist. Like, Iggy, you're saying that Steph should sit out the year, which, again, I don't even disagree with. <laughs> like, there's Wait. no point to even bring him back. But to me, talking like that is just, the NBA has a branding problem right now, and they, they, they don't relate to the common sports fan. The, the sports fan is not watching them, whether it's load management, whether it's just, I don't think people, most. this is a Twitter issue. Most people aren't living and dying with the Iguodala situation, but it does represent all their situations feel like this. First world, this guy's getting paid $60 million, doesn't have to show up. Just a bunch of first world problems that we just can't fucking keep up with. And it just wears people out. This is the type of thing like Adam Silver just would have nipped the shit in the butt a long time ago. And it's just one thing after another. It's just exhausting, stupid-ass stories. And I... I like the John Morant just said, fuck these guys. Fuck this guy. He doesn't want to be here. We're going to make the playoffs. That's something like Kobe would have done or Michael would have done or Larry would have done. Like the guy's got a little shit to him. Like I, and then Steph tweeted like the thing, like Steph, why are you even really getting involved? Like this guy, I get he's your why guy. Not? Just friend. Yeah. I mean, like I, I get, I, I get guy. why. Okay. I get why he got involved, but I, and I don't even blame Steph. Like he can, he can say whatever he wants, but I, I just, and Iguodala really hasn't said anything. 
He's just because he knows he's kind of getting over on this situation, guy. And I, I m- here's what's coming though. Everyone, I think, around the Bay Area think that Iguodala is going to come back next year. Oh, just come back for the veteran minimum, pay him like 1.5. I'd pump the brakes on that. I would expect him to want the mid-level exception, seven or eight million dollars, and people get really mad when that's what he demands. Because if you think about it, if he just becomes an unrestricted free agent, won't there be teams offering him maybe one year, ten million dollars or something next year? Like the Warriors aren't just getting him back on the cheap. And he's shown like he doesn't do cheap deals. He made the Warriors last time give him a three-year $45 million when all they wanted to give him was a two-year, two you know, 20 million bucks. But he mandatory the third year. And that was the reason he got traded. It was like, well, he just took the money, knew he was probably done after that second year. And now he's in this situation. I think everyone's, oh, he's going to come back for like 900 grand. But he is? I doubt it. I don't expect that. I expect it to actually. And then if he doesn't, and well, the Warriors only offered him $2 million and he refused, for them to be like, then the Warriors people will will turn on him. And right now it feels like all the Warriors fans are supporting him on this. Like, this is embarrassing, guy. This is just, this is very NBA-ish. For all the, I was thinking this this morning. Everyone tweeting out mama mentality, mama mentality, mama mentality. This ain't fucking mama mentality. This is loser mentality. This is who just. Says, who says this is mama mentality? Well, not this, but I'm just saying like the mama mentality is getting oh, tweeted yeah. out well, all look, week long by the, by the like media. No one in the media wears, is being critical about it. But John, it. it's like everybody wearing a just do it t-shirt while they're not doing anything. I mean, w- once you get a mainstream slogan mainstream, when the point of the slogan is you're a, act like a one percenter, be the one percent of the hardest workers. Once that's a mainstream slogan, it's just too far gone, right? Like once Mamba mentality T-shirts are being sold everywhere, everyone's just wearing. If everyone had Mamba mentality, it wouldn't be Mamba mentality. No, it'd just be the so, American mentality. So this is a. I will say this. Look, I am all on board with Dylan Brooks, John Morant, young guys who have kind of they're making something in Memphis that didn't people didn't think they were going to make. Dylan Brooks not bad. I mean, he was good at Oregon. People kind of doubted. NBA people player. doubted him. He has been a good NBA player. But in, in Iguodala's defense, he knows he only has so many bullets left. And the Grizzlies agreed to this. Yeah, they that's agreed why, that, to it. That's why I limit my criticism of they agreed to a Let deal. Me, business is business. Imagine it is, embar- it is embarrassing, though. You even have to admit it. Just this type of situation. You yeah, want to this avoid situation this in the be, league. I, this is not, to me, good drama. For the, Good drama for the NBA is two-star players don't like each other, and they go to war every time they play. John well, I, Starks, dem- I, dem- I demand a trade, yelling at my coach or something. No, John Starks, Reggie Miller. That's good drama. Yeah. They sh- talk shit while they put it all on the line. That's LeBron the drama hates I Steph. care. I don't care. It, yes. That's this other crap is stupid and it doesn't it's 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 hurting the NBA. Yeah, it's that said this one to me doesn't quite fit in with all the other dumb NBA drama because Iguodala is not the one create like Iguodala is not doing anything. Well, he he did. He did double down today. Trade me or I'm not showing up or which. Yeah, whatever. Like, it's hard. You can't roll back into that locker room now that they're good. Like, they wouldn't want you there. Right. Fuck no. (laughs) So like there's really nothing he can do. I but just what if he showed up and he wasn't bad and he helped them like win a playoff series? Yeah, like guys, I I was wrong. It's tough now, yeah. but I understand. Like you only got so many bullets left. You want to win a championship. You're old. Imagine that. This is what I thought of immediately, because this was NBA level. But no one really. Roger Clemens used to fly eh, to the games that he pitched. The Yankees gave him a deal after he sat out half a season. He doesn't have to be at every game. But it's the nature of baseball. No one really notices when the starting pitcher isn't there on the day he doesn't pitch because he's not pitching. And 
imagine an NBA. You couldn't do it in the NBA because everybody plays in every game. You couldn't do it in the NFL because everybody plays in every game. But I just started thinking, imagine an NBA player had some deal where, you know, he only plays in games that uh, are against potential playoff teams and all the other games he rests because whatever. They don't need him in those games. Like Clemens spent half a season doing nothing, signed, and then didn't even come to the games all the game. I think he was at some. I'm not saying he wasn't at any of the games. But he, he had did a deal he where he could like the Astros too. Maybe it was the Astros deal he did. I, I bet it was the both Astros. Play. But the point is, he just yeah, I got some other things on some other days. You couldn't but pull it off in the other sports. I think one of the things that has to be most annoying for a professional athlete, the questions to answer is when people come up to you and they're like, "What's it like being Derek Jeter's teammate?" And you're like, uh, "I don't know. I talked to Derek like four times." Like athletes must it must hate the you know they're on a poster with the guy. Imagine being a Clemens teammate. Like, what's it like being his teammate? It's like, well. I mean, he's really good, but he's not exactly in the foxhole with us every day, yeah. you know. But whatever, we just need his services. So this is dumb. I'm with, like I, but it I it like I don't think Iguodala created this. Like they traded. Well, him. he he partly did. They traded him, and he's like, I refuse to play for this team. Well, Iguodala, you fucking signed the contract in the NBA. You well, get traded. You got to play for him. So but if it me, did, if like, it wasn't gonna work, then it wasn't gonna work. But it worked. But, but but how many times in the history of sports, especially in basketball? Does a guy get traded to a team he doesn't want to go to? And uh, the occasional big, big-time guy says, fuck that, I'm not playing. Andre Godala is a borderline washed-up, former but really a, good player. you got to show up. Well, but Everyone that's why—that's probably why Memphis was like, cool. Fine. They, yeah, I mean, I, 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 I'm more critical of Memphis kind of pushed out. Like, but you, clearly Memphis knows what they're doing to some degree. You, you think Lakeham would be okay with a guy just being like, I'm not playing for you, or Pat Riley or Pop? They would have said, get Well, fucked. no, but, but I mean, part of the acquisition is like, we're not actually acquiring this player, right? Like, they yeah. didn't, Memphis clearly didn't, they knew that they weren't acquired. Like, these deals, agents communicate, like, they knew, they had to know. But, but don't you think they would have liked Andre to be like, yeah, I'll help these guys out? In a perfect I'm world? Sure they, like, of course they would. Like, yeah. is, is, there, is there any level of just like kind of being a pro? But why haven't like, they traded? Like, uh, what I go back to is like, trade them already. I'll give you a good example. Like, I've been critical of this guy, but I do respect him this season. You know who's kind of shut his mouth and played well and led his team to the playoffs? Chris Paul. You think Chris Paul wanted to go to Oklahoma good. City? Like, fuck, just has, start being right. a pro. Like, Andre's got this elitist bullshit going on that drives me fucking nuts. And and then the Twitter thing, and I, I understand Steph supporting this guy, but, like, Steph, you, you, are you you really that hurt? Are you part of the tank? Which I do understand, but it's just like, the whole thing's kind of embarrassing. Uh, again, I agree, but my, where I kind of separate is I don't think this – like the NBA's big problems are far beyond a player not wanting to play, refusing 100%. to show 100%. Like but Andre Godala, right? It's, the Anthony Davis one was something different than this. Like this but is this – But this does symbolize just drip, drip, drip. It's always these stupid-ass shit. It's like when the NFL, clowny, you're not going to sign the franchise tag? Fuck you. We ain't but, paying but, but again, like Levy part of the Bell, reason we're here out. is because Memphis hasn't traded them. Like Memphis agreed to this. That's part of the reason we're here. But they didn't agree to they didn't trade them. They said, "Yeah, we." No, no, no. I'm saying they agreed to like, yeah, don't show up, we'll still pay you. How is that possible? I, I don't know. That's it baffles my mind. Honestly, that's the that's the part that for Memphis. I, I would have said no chance, none. You're either showing up get. or you're not getting paid. Someone told me they didn't want them. Like, well, like they were nervous, he'd badmouth them, and they were trying to like resurrect their franchise to have a good vibe. Yeah, you're right. It might he, be as simple as like, hey, his agent have a good relationship with that person. Yeah, it's just do like, that God guy damn. is solid. 
it's just the, the NBA is not relatable right now, man. That's that's my main takeaway. It's just but the NFL can, feels very Can I say this just, about the NBA? My biggest yes. issue with the NBA is like we spent a lot of time the Warriors and I loved it. But they made they made the regular season kind of worthless for a few years because everyone knew like that's the team that's going to be in the championship. So we spent multiple years being conditioned that the regular season wasn't really going to matter. Maybe LeBron comes out of the East. He better. Otherwise, no one's going to beat them. Right? And yeah. so now here we are, and it's like, it feels like college basketball, the regular season. Like, what even? Well, it doesn't. Yeah. Nothing, and the crazy part is nobody, this year should be great because nobody knows who's going to win the championship. No right clue. Now. No clue. But it doesn't feel like any of it matters. Not at all. Even though it does. What you and me, we really like basketball. We're, we're on the percentage of like, we enjoy basketball a lot. And it's just hard. I, people are just out on basketball right now. The NBA. A college, once the, once the March Madness, everyone's in. I even think the playoffs, like, it'll be interesting. Do the playoffs just flip a switch and people watch? Now, it might just be as simple as there's nothing else to watch. It's hard. Yeah, I mean, but keep in mind, like, people flip the switch on March because it's all these mini Super Bowls going on, like, one after the other, injecting them straight into your bloodstreams. Agreed. You know, so you don't know. Who, most people don't know who the players are in college, but whatever. They just know drama. Yeah, like the Murray NBA. State's upsetting Duke or whatever. Yeah, yeah. But the NBA, like, you do have to kind of know the I know. characters well, that, involved. The biggest issue with the NBA, I've listened to a couple of these book of basketballs with Simmons. Mm-hmm. He's had on different guys, pretty good. And you just realize, like, they did one on Reggie Miller. And it was like, you're like, Reggie Miller? You know, what's, what would he be? He wouldn't even be a top 10 player in the NBA. But when you and I were growing up, Reggie Miller was a really big deal because he was interwoven, and he was a good player. I mean, all star level player interwoven in just these insane rivalries that was just a war zone with the Bulls and the fucking Knicks. And just those three teams, you and I, you lived in different places, but in the the early to mid-90s, I lived in Davis, California, and I was locked in on Pacers, Knicks, Pacers, Bulls, Bulls, Knicks. They mattered. They resonated. Like the right, the hatred. And there's, it's just buddy-buddy, jerk-off sesh now. And the media plays a part in it because they refuse to ever be critical like we got problems right now we got the player empowerment has jumped the shark we got to come back to earth a little bit everyone can make money we got to get some rivalries back so when i saw john morant i appreciate a guy just saying you know what fuck this they used to be full of guys in the in the nba the nfl has a lot of those guys they just talk shit the and the nba has lost it no one says a goddamn thing so when this young guy, who's one of the best rookies we've had in recent memory, just goes, fuck this guy, basically. I mean, he just quoted Dylan Brooks, kind of getting his guys back, and then tweeted at Steph. I'm like, I like this shit. You know, the NBA needs some more of some guys with some fucking piss and vinegar and not all this fucking pussy mentality of just we're always right. No one can talk shit about us. The media just always getting our backs. It, the league is, is cratering, guy. Humans are not watching it. or not consuming basketball. Like, that is, that's not an opinion. That is a fact. Twitter doesn't count because that if you ain't watching the game, your your business you got issues. They just for the first time ever the salary cap is going down. They Daryl Morey, I'm not the biggest fan of. I do respect he stood up for communism. Talk shit about the China, cost them a, a lot of money. China pulled out right, and it, it's cratered their business a little bit. Because they, but they whatever, don't resonate but not, with American but, fans. But the NBA's problem is not that China is not watching the NBA. That's not well, the problem. Be, well, they, but they become dependent on China because America's not watching the NBA anymore. Yeah, yeah. But what I'm saying is, like, 
them having smaller salary caps is not the problem with the NBA. It's the, I mean, it's a problem for the people that aren't making the money. But the NBA salary cap is not the issue. Well, no, the issue, guys, people the are not watching the games. Yeah, yeah, but the issue is that there are no defined storylines in the NBA that are just simple. Aaron Rodgers against Dak Prescott. The Cowboys against the Packers. There's just not that. Is Kyle Shanahan going to blow another big game? Can Andy no, no, Reed but I'm talking about the games. Yeah, the players. The players on the teams over and over playing in big games. Can Jimmy Garoppolo win a big game? I mean, Russell, Lee, like, to me, what, what's, what's better for the NBA? Russell staying in Oklahoma City his whole career and Chris Paul staying with the Clippers and James Harden staying with the Rock? Yeah, that is the yeah. best thing for the NBA. Well, that ain't going to change anytime but, soon. Like, I mean, to me, Russ being on the Rockets now, and the, the, the OKC was such a great character in the NBA story. I love better on him all the time. I was telling someone at Super Bowl week. I used to love – I was telling Chris Broussard. I, I missed that team. Even even the post-Harden team, just those two guys together. They were fun, right? They so, really were. I, like that – I mean, the, Russell Westbrook and Kevin Durant, I'm pretty confident, are going to be dramatically more fun than Kyrie and Kevin. Because it was Kevin, less fluffy. Kevin, Kevin being on three teams, like that's not great for the NBA. In, Kyrie in a, being on three teams, not great for the NBA. In, in short periods of time, right? Not right, and, I, like and, and keep in mind, period. I'm not even saying anything about – Political stances or how much players make, or it's just players being on multiple teams, not good at rapid speed. At rapid speeds, and the it's NFL that, is unique because like but Odell's base, been on baseball's not really like players for the most part. Stay, I mean, they might trade one team, they go to the bigger team, then they get signed. Like Paul Goldschmidt over a ten-year period will be on two teams. Garrett Cole, he was unique because he got traded because he had a big. Con- Sometimes you get that middle team where you get traded, but then you sign the contract and you stay on the team. Yeah, I do think baseball would benefit from kind of shifting, moving up the clock where guys get paid, and now you get your seven-year contract when you're 23. On the Yankees, on the Giants, on the Dodgers, Where, on the Rangers, on yeah, Seattle. wherever you are. Yeah. But you just now, instead of like teams trying to bail on old guys after they've paid them when they're 33 years old, no. But I, I'd say baseball is closer to football when it just comes to consistency For of sure. players. For sure. And, and the only way guys usually leave is, one, once they hit free agency, and then they sign a longer-term deal, or they're on a smaller market team and they get traded for financial reasons. You know what would be not- great for the NBA? The Blazers get really good. Because Damian Lillard is a fucking stud. Yeah. Well, I, I think even back to what you, you know what would have been great for the NBA? Even if Kevin Durant left Oklahoma City, he then just stayed with the Warriors for a, yeah, the next John, or went Yeah, or just went straight to the Nets. Yeah. You know what's great just, for the NBA? The you know what is or- great for the NBA? Steph Clay and Draymond are going to play together for 10 plus years. Well, so they'll be, that's, there is no doubt, like we can't deny, like that team... Not being that team this year is it, it's just like that was the easiest. That was the mainest, streamest. <laughs> like everybody loves Steph and the Warriors, or they hate Steph and the Warriors, but everyone knows Steph and the Warriors. I agree. And Clay and Draymond, the whole thing. Uh, so, uh, all right, you want to rattle through some headlines here, real quick? Yeah. I, there's a bunch of them. Here's the one I referenced earlier, John. The new director of player personnel for the Jacksonville Jaguars is? I don't know. Trent Balky. Swore to God, when did that happen? When I said it, like at the beginning of the podcast, when I said I just saw a headline, but I'm going to save it. Trent Baalke's working for the Jacksonville Jaguars? Yeah. Oh, my God. That's kind of crazy and sad at the same time. Like They feel like a team that might blow up after one year. He's just desperate to get back in. I'm happy for him, John. He put together some good teams, nailed some good draft picks. He belongs in the NFL. He definitely deserves another shot. Like the I mean, He's not job. the GM. Like they have Dave Caldwell's the GM. 
That's cool. I didn't know that's a that headline will not be topped from a shock value. That's wild. That's a that's a good. I expected something shittier. That's whoa. That's a great headline. Wow. That's a that's a big little story. Who tweeted I'm that? Gonna, like rap sheet? Uh, or I, I, now I can't. I mean, it was you know twenty minutes or more than that ago. I can't even go back and keep track of it, but. Tom Pelissaro, maybe Mayoko, maybe. Uh, well, to piggyback on the Jags, you see they're going to play back-to-back games. Black in Seth London. Rogan, maybe. I'm just reading Twitter handles. Chat. The Jaguars are going to play two games in London back-to-back. Yeah. And I saw someone say, "Well, it's not because they're going to leave. It's more for financial reasons, like just in the short term." Well, if it's short-term financial reasons, it kind of feels what like does that they're. Mean? Well, like Pete Prisco, I think you know, kind of made his hay covering the Jaguars. He's like, I don't necessarily think this means they're going to leave like next year or anything. It's just more they can make a lot of money over there. Well, if they can make a lot of money over there, to me, it kind of leads to it goes to two to four. To I mean, are they going to play over there one day? Are they just going to be the London Jaguars or the London Blokes or whatever? Yeah, God, London? I hope not. Doesn't it kind of feel like it's head? It's inevitable. Do you hope not, or am I just small minded? Don't, I, don't I, want I, to evolve. Yeah, I don't even care. Why, why? But like, why do you hope not? Like, what's your connection to the Jacksonville Jack? Like, Jacksonville well, sucks. I, just, I don't know. Weird time. I don't want to like that. Distant teams that have to travel there. I don't want to like. Oh, it's weird. Don't you? Doesn't it kind of feel inevitable, though, guy? Yeah. Why would you keep doing this? I feel like it's happening. Yeah. To me, the two thing. Well, it's like being a vegetarian, but you eat meat more and more. It's like, well, eventually, you're just not gonna. You're not a vegetarian. You just. Well, yeah, but I've been a couple times a month. I have a hamburger. What was it? Speciesism. I don't even know what that is. I loved it. I couldn't love it anymore. You agree that Peta's commercial that the NFL X made was. Honestly, if I was a minor, I'd be offended. It was offensive. I don't even know if I'd be offended. It's just PETA's just... It, I, that, did you tweet this or somebody else said this? Like, generally speaking, just whatever side PETA has. Just uh, And I'm not for abusive animals, of course. No one is, But guy. just like, you know, give me some fucking eggs. I'm yeah. hungry. Yeah, again, if... Like you lion, said, like, are they mad at the lions when they kill other lions? No, but if a lion had a gun, they'd kill us. Now, that said, like, I'm not a hunter. Like, you hunt. Like, I don't... It kind of makes I, me I'm weird. not either. My family does. I'm not... My like, dad I want, you know what I he think, got tired of killing Bambi. But again, no, like, you're eating... Guy, you... See, that's so no, hypocritical, though. Like, if you no, sit no, no, down it's at not. House no, of Prime no, Rib, not. you're eating... It's not. It's not. I'm not... I'm morally against it. I'm for prime rib. I'm just no, saying I don't understand. I didn't say like, you were, but I'm somebody just saying. can maybe somebody can inform me. I don't get the like. All right, here we go. There's a deer standing still, and I've got. If you're using a bow and arrow, respect. Hunter instincts, guy. People just like it. You know, but it's, I mean, it's, it's just like the thing doesn't have a chance. I, I well, no. I mean, it's hard to find a deer now. If you're doing you know, it for meat, you know, and you got six hours to stare in a deer blind, then all power to you, I guess. Yeah, the patience. Uh, I don't. I wouldn't have the patience for that. I wouldn't connect either. with I, the earth. I don't. I don't hunt. It bores I'm not me. mad at it, but I just. I don't. I don't. I'll be honest. Like I don't think I'd have the. I don't know if I could pull the trigger, John. <laughs> See, kind of a puss. Yeah. It, 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 well, the, the the mountain lion I'm if not, I was looking at you wouldn't hesitate. Wouldn't hesitate to go after your neck. Well, fuck yeah. Well, then I'd have to shoot. I'm not saying I couldn't. But protect, I'm saying if you're gunless, like it's just it, we're talking the wild guy. This is the well, yeah. The, we but live I'm in not a civilized a, society. I've got a exactly. I'm you're, not a mountain lion. Yeah, well, you... Now, if I had to eat, yeah, I could pull the trigger, but I don't know if I could cut them open. Well, yeah, you got to do that. You know? I know. Again, it's just... How hungry food. am I? Usually, usually just... tougher people do it. Uh, yeah, that's, I guess. So, uh... Here, Greg prepare... Ol- oh, go what, ahead. What were you going to say? No, no, go ahead. <laughs> Greg Olson making the rounds. I, my my headline... The rest of my headlines are like, Greg Olson... Yeah, just rattle through him. Solid player? Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, I, I th- he could be one of those guys that have like one year in him, like 50 or 60 catches. Seattle's bringing him in. Like, if I was Greg Olson, I would go to a good team. 
I would, I mean, the Patriots to me would make some sense. Andrew Whitworth coming back. As I saw, well, the good thing the Rams are probably prepared to draft his replacement. Oh, yeah, they don't have any draft picks. So that's not ideal. No. They need him. They're desperate. They're like, hey, please. They've probably been begging him. Like, bro, please come back. He could probably has some leverage. Like, hey, I'm not going to practice on Wednesdays. Not, I mean, he I, he's a high character, like, worker anyway. But NBA story. Yeah, just the Jets might extend. I guess Jamal Adams said during Super Bowl week he expects to be extended. Yeah. That has NBA story written all over it. If they don't extend him, he'll get pissed. You know, he's one of those guys that he'll be talking. Like, he's like, they better extend. Like, he's already, have you guys talked about this? Or you, just in your mind, you think you're going to get extended? I didn't, until I read it, Jamal was the guy that said it. Now I'm like, oh, this has got disaster written all over it with Gase. Because then Le'Veon Bell, they ran into him for TMZ. He claims he's got no issue with Gase. Kind of a big year for Adam Gase. A guy that once upon a time was viewed like a Kyle Shanahan McVay. I wouldn't say a laughing stock, but closer to the laughing stock than like viewed as a high mind. He needs to have a good year. Just a year where he goes like nine and seven with Donald and it just feels like they got their shit together, right? Yeah. Because I, I feel like the bone arrows are out for him from fans and the media. Uh, Mark D'Antonio resigned during the recording of this podcast. Do you think that was a pressurized resigned? Well, or, apparently there was some NCA allegation. I, I don't, you know, I haven't had time to really catch up on the story. I don't know the background of it. There was some, I don't know, D- D'Antonio calls it a sham. I saw there was something. He had to be the coach past January 14th to get a $4 million bonus. So maybe he was thinking about leaving anyway. Maybe it has nothing to do with the allegations. I really don't know. But I will say this. February 5th, Wednesday, is the second signing period. Like, this is why if you're a recruit that can afford to wait, and not everybody can, you do. Because coaches, right, rule guy, leaves after how, the how first could, signing period. How, how could you possibly sign with Michigan State if you were a guy committed if you you don't know the coach? Now, are they going to – but here's the other thing. Are they going to take Pat Narduzzi? Are they going to take somebody else's legit coach? Why would right? Pat Narduzzi leave Pittsburgh? Yeah, I don't know. I'm just – maybe Michigan State's paying more. I don't is know. that a name I, you read? Well, like um, – Feldman, Feldman is all over. Yeah. What, who Feldman. was his name's? He said Narduzzi and the other guy that's a Michigan State guy. Oh, uh, Christ. But why would he you leave Wisconsin for Michigan State? He's a Wisconsin guy, and they're way good. Went to why the would you Bowl. leave? I don't know. Would you leave Wisconsin if you're him? Uh, no. Wasn't Michigan State not a good football? I guess Saban's coach there. I mean, it's not like they've been nobodies. They've been the Rose Bowl a bunch. So um, prepare yourself for Mookie Betts to be on the Dodgers by the uh, end of the week. That's my other headline for you. Uh, apparently he's he has told them or they know the Red Sox know like he wants to test free agency, which is he's going to be a free agent after this year, and gotcha. he wants trout money. He wants trout money. Isn't he which, a trout level player? No, but he's pretty good. And when you're a free agent, my trout wasn't a free agent, right? Like he'd be a free agent. So now you used to get in a bidding war, and they want you to take. Uh, David Price, who's making $32 million each of the next three years, which means if that occurs, the Dodgers, like the Red Sox are going to trade Mookie Betts, and they're not getting, like, Shane Lux or whoever. the You know, they're not getting the premium prospects for him. Well, Machado and, and Harper, who were free agents, got 300 right? Wouldn't you say that Mookie Betts would be considered a better player than both those guys? Yeah. So he would get maybe not 400 but 350 Yeah. 
he'd get he's going to get a shitload. So that's why you're not getting their best because you're going to the team that acquires him is thinking I'm going to have to pay him. If you're the Padres, you don't mess around with that because you can't give guys up to then lose them. Yeah, you've already so, you paid. They've I mean Hosmer and uh, and Machado. It's not Machado. like Padres. Padres have some high priced guys. I know, and they're not a high, you know. So just get ready for that one. Last one for you. If KJ Costello leads the nation in passing at Mississippi State, is he a first round pick? Uh, yeah, I mean, he, yeah, probably. I is he gonna is that gonna be a disaster? Like it, it feels like for all the cute stories that all these guys have been. It's not cute. That's a mean way. Like Gardner was a good player. Like that Luke Falk had a really good career. But I think Gardner proved like he could play in the NFL. Mm-hmm. I would be shocked if Mississippi State. I, I kind of expect them to get throttled next year just because the, he's got players that aren't going to fit his scheme. It, you, these guys like Gus, his deep coordinator, Saban, Jimbo's guy, Ed's guy, they're going to be licking their chops to destroy this guy. I think it's going to be weird. Now, it doesn't mean that Costello couldn't put up some numbers, but I... Uh, but I, I'm even talking more just Leach's scheme. Well, I know. Like, do you yeah. think they... If you had to guess right now, do they make a bowl game? I have to see this year conference Yeah. No. Now I, I don't I don't know much about them, but I I just they, they've been actually I mean they've gotten really good players over the years. It's not like it, they've been. A, I, I think eventually they will. No, one hundred percent. I would expect them to go under five hundred this year, with a couple just like oh my god. I'll text you. Do you see the LSU Mississippi State score? <laughs> one of those. You know it's like forty five nothing in the at halftime with like A and M Alabama. And who knows? Maybe I hope he I hope I'm wrong. Maybe Leach shuts us up and he has a couple like. Damn, he upset Alabama. I, I'm not. I'm not discounting that. I just John, expected to go the other. John, way. can I just? <laughs> you ready for this schedule? Yeah, go. So October third, they host Texas A&M. Who's their non? Who are their first three games? Though? No, you don't even uh, trust me. This is what you want to hear first. Okay. They have a bye. October seventeenth, they go play Alabama in Tuscaloosa. Okay. October twenty fourth, they go play LSU in Baton Rouge. Okay. October 31st, they come home to play Auburn. That's that tough. might be the shittiest three-game stretch in the nation without looking at anybody else's schedule. Do they have any pat- <sighs> like pants? Holy like, crap. they have any patsies? They got New Mexico to start. Win. At NC State week two. Who knows? Arkansas, then Tulane. So they could start off like two and two or something. Alabama A&M at the end of the year. Who and then they play Ole, Ole Miss isn't shit. I mean, Ole Miss has. They lame. finished. Yeah, they finished with them. The Egg Bowl. They go to Kentucky. Kentucky's pretty good, actually. Yeah. Stoops' brother's been solid. They win. Yeah, so it's if Leach ever has a nine-win season there, it'll kind of validate his career, don't you think? Yes. Because like Dan Mullen did it, and it was like, well, he's going to Florida. Does if Leach wins nine or ten games there, does Leach go to wherever he wants? Uh. This might be the last job, though. If it takes him two or three years to get to nine, ten wins. Well, how old is he? Fifty-five. Mm. Maybe sixty. No, I, I bet he's like fifty-four. Fifty-eight. He'll be fifty-nine in March. Okay, yeah, he's a, he's a little older. But yeah, I mean, you, you're not crazy. You guys should. I'm trying to think. Should I make a, a frozen pizza for lunch? <laughs> Well, I've got uh, seven pounds of guacamole to get to, so. I was telling myself, I'm going to be really healthy, and I'm like, I'm fucking hungry. Frozen pizza sounds. It does. The problem with the frozen pizza is you can easily eat the whole thing. Well, I do eat the whole thing. It's only 1,000 calories. Newman's. I I like Newman's. Yeah. I think it's, I mean, I I rounded down. It was like 1150. 
Yeah, that's fine. But I haven't eaten it. I mean, I have nothing today. All right, on that note, Godspeed. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.